Angela Henderson is an international award-winning business coach, podcaster, and keynote speaker who helps women in business get all the pieces into place to have consistent cash flow in their business without burning out in the process. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back to the show. I am super excited because I have someone sitting here with me from down under from Australia. And she's such a cool, cool, amazing woman. I already know from the conversation we were having before we hit record that she's going to just completely knock your socks off and blow you away. So welcome to the podcast, Angela Henderson. Hey there, hey there, my friend. Always super excited to be with good humans and good energy. So yes, I'm glad to be here today. Yes. So we were just chatting about because here I am in Washington, D.C. and you're over in in Australia and she guys, she's, she's talking to us and it's like six o'clock in the morning where mm -hmm. she is right now. So very committed to her mission and spreading her word. So I just have to tell you, buckle up. It's going to be good. So Angela, I got to ask, we got, we, we go deep straight, straight away here at super expander. So who is Angela deep down on a soul level? I mean, ultimately, you know, I think about this and I think about for me personally, it's someone who leads with love, love in life, love, love as a mother, love as a human, love as a business owner, love as a partner. Like that's really what it comes down to is every day. It's like, how can I infuse more love and more goodness into the world? Is it, and it could just be, you know, smiling at a simple stranger. It could be that I'm paying for someone's coffee. It could be that I go up to someone who's eating lunch on their own to see if I can join them. It's, it's really about where can I add love into that, into all areas of my life and make the world a better place. I can't change the whole world, uh, but I can change parts of the world. And I believe that's, you know, it's my responsibility, but it's something that I just naturally uh, do on a daily basis. Ah, I love that. For a very long time, that was, I think, my, my checkpoint question. It was kind of like, how can I lead with more love? So <laughs> I love love that. Also, <laughs> like I read, uh, I was reading an article earlier today and the article had a quote in there that said, if you want to change the world, start a business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really is, it is true, right? Because whether whatever kind of business we happen to have, whether it's a product-based business or whether it's a service-based business, when we are in this, this game of entrepreneurship, it's solving problems, which truly does make big impact in, in the world. So, okay with it being on a soul level that you are just someone who leads with love and love is like your mission and how you show up. Let's talk about how that translates into what you do in this world. I mean, yeah. So ultimately I'm a business consultant, keynote speaker and podcaster, and I help women around the world make more money. And so one of the primary things is what people think they need is more money, right? And I'm here and I'm all about getting more wealth into the hands of women. But ultimately when people start to work with me, we do get to those deeper levels such as you know self-love do you like do you even love showing up every day for your business and often women hate their business or often they hate other parts of their life and through that they start to unlove themselves they start to have guilt they start to have you know shame the cycle goes on so as a business consultant one of the first things I start looking at is I ask some questions around like the burnout how burnt out you are on a scale of zero to ten and the higher the burnout level is ultimately just means they're unaligned in their life so where do we need to realign and for me I'm an ex-mental health clinician of 15 years I have a master's degree in social work I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia by 
bipolar, depression, anxiety, ADHD, et cetera. But in order to ever give someone a formal diagnosis, it has to be impacting all three areas of life. So for adults, it's home, community, work, and for kids, it's home, community, and school. And so I, I bring the same type of, I guess, structure into my business is that where are you not aligned in home life? Where are you not aligned in your community? And where are you not aligned in your business? Because you can't do business in isolation of those other factors. Everything is interconnected. Um, so for me, it's, it's really looking at that alignment piece. And once we can feel where you, people are unaligned and start making them aligned again, again, they start to love themselves. They start to fall in love with their business again. They love being a mom again, potentially like love again starts to show up in multiple facets. Ah, oh, yes. So, I love that, what you're saying there, because I feel like people kind of start to think about burnout in this way of um, that it's working too much. And it's not necessarily that you're working too much. It's that you're working on the wrong things. You're working too much on things that aren't in alignment, which kind of then brings me to my next question. So I feel like alignment is a word that's tossed around out in the personal development and the business world a lot and is used so often that I think it almost starts to become a word that bounces off of us. And so I'd love to hear from you exactly when you say alignment, break that down, what that really means. Yeah. So when I say to people, for example, you know, first of all, I'll start with the stress burnout and then a full diagnosis. I believe things start off festering as stress. Like, you know, for example, today, I uh, probably have chewed off a little bit too much. Like I'm running my sold out um, three day women in business retreat. I've got school drop off. Uh, I'm running, doing the podcast, even though I want to be here. But what I'm saying is, is if I look at it, my stress levels are probably a little bit higher this morning going, oh shit, I probably am tackling too much. But it doesn't mean for me that I'm unaligned today. I'm not burnt out today. All right. It just means that it's a little bit stress. It's a little bit stressful today and that this situation will dissolve. Then if you go into burnout, it starts to linger a little bit more. Your thoughts linger a little bit more. Things feel like heaviness a little bit more. Uh, but if you don't deal with that burnout, AKA wherever you're unaligned, that's when shit starts to lead to a full-blown mental health diagnosis. That's when like sleep starts to be compromised. You start to drink more or like when I say like consume alcohol or drugs, or you uh, eat less potentially too, or you withdraw more from family and friends, or you sleep more, like there's all these factors. So it's like, just to kind of let people know, I believe it starts at stress, it leads to burnout, and then it goes to a full-blown mental health diagnosis. But when we look at the words alignment, for me, it just means like, for me personally, what's that feeling you get inside? Because this is the other thing, women stop using their intuition. We are born with strong intuitions as babies. We fucking cry, our needs get met, all right? Like we know what we want, but over time that intuition is hushed. So when I start to think about alignment, if you start to close your eyes and you start to ask yourself, where are things good and where are things not good? Your body's gonna tell you. I don't look at it much more complex than that. I really don't. Like you get a feeling, stay in tune to your feeling and understand what feels good and what doesn't feel good. What serves you, what doesn't serve you and be okay with making the changes because ultimately women listening right now and men listening right now, you know exactly what probably needs to happen. But either it's too hard or you're too scared or the fear is coming in. But deep down, if you go to a quiet place and just close your eyes, you already damn well know what needs to happen. So do it. But why do we not do it? Because 97% of our decisions is made by our subconscious. And there's three primary things that are there that are stopping us majority on the day-to-day -day basis is I'm not enough. I don't belong. And I don't feel safe. 
So then we stop doing those things. And we, a lot of times we can't articulate that because we're just articulating surface level stuff. But ultimately, if you are, get that feeling of unalignment and you lean into that feeling and you know what you need to do, then just make the change. Do you know what I mean? And if you struggle with your subconscious, then I believe that nobody's coming to save you. It's your responsibility every day to look in the mirror and to go, am I living the life that I want? If not, you need to make a change because whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So if you're unaligned or your subconscious is overtaking, work with a hypnotherapist, work with your healers, get a business consultant, do whatever you need to do. But again, no one's coming to save you. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I told you guys this is going to be fiery and 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 good because and she's speaking my language you know this right i mean this is like the stuff that we jam out here and i like i i i I stand on my soapbox and i preach about this so see i love that she's saying all the things that i'm i'm always like you know i'm shaking my finger and i'm I'm right (laughs) well yes because i just think that there's like sometimes I mean, I run from a pretty high vibration, so I'm not in groups where, do you mean there's low vibration or whatever? I, I it used to be years ago, right? But I still will occasionally see because my feed's not completely clean, but sometimes there can be a lot of complaining or I'll go to other people's events and there's like a lot of complaining. Oh, my husband doesn't help or oh, my partner doesn't help and oh, my business is too hard and oh, my this. And, and I'm like, but you're allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. You ultimately are the creation of the creator of your life. So you know, when, and I say women, cause I work predominantly with women is that I'm like, stop bitching. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, the amount of time that you're whinging and running from a low vibration, again, that's impacting everything in your world and everything in your life. But like, it's like, just take action, you know, take yeah. one small step towards doing something awesome. That's going to put you in more alignment. That's going to make your life happier. That's going to make you a better human, a better mom. So it's just like, it's like the, the, the whinging about things. I pretty much have a no go zone. If I go out to dinner with friends or family and the whinging stops, I'm either I'll ask for the whinging, do you know what I mean? To stop or else I'm out. My boundaries are quite firm around that now. And I also think that's another thing that's like, women I see have a hard time with boundaries and being strong. Boundaries aren't bad. Boundaries are awesome. But every time you breach your own boundary, you like yourself a little bit less. Mm. So again, it's like, where are these boundaries getting put in place for you to be in more alignment and for you to have more love in your world? Like to me, it's a pretty simple equation, but yet we overcomplicate this in our worlds. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I think part of it too is, is like, there's so much gray area that we allow ourselves to operate in and it's funny that as you're talking and I your energy and the way that you talk and like the things that they I I was kind of like firing it up saying oh like we're talking the same language but it is really very true and I think there's this funny part of um this these kinds of teaching and this school of thought that so many people kind of speak about it in a way that's like very soft and passive yet this idea of whether we're talking about manifestation, because a lot of the this conversation orbits around that those kind of principles, right? It truly is rooted in action and actual high performance, right? It's I have this like um, oftentimes when I tell people what I do, and I because I'm a hypnotherapist and a breathwork facilitator, but for high performance, like that doesn't even really make any sense to me that you're working on burnout and stress and you're talking about high performance. And I'm like, yeah, because you get to operate at that level when you don't operate in these gray areas of excuses and like waiting for things to happen for you versus making them happen for you. So I love all everything that you are saying right there. 
Love it. So I want to ask you to reverse it back. So you said everything boils down to not being enough or feelings of not being enough, Mm -hmm. not belonging and Mm -hmm. not feeling safe. Mm -hmm. Do you have a methodology to start to work through those areas Mm -hmm. in a specific order or to identify which one happened, maybe is happens to be your big thing? So I guess for me is I'm very big about, um, as a business consultant, I've created the programs and the masterminds and one-to-one is like an all-you-can-eat buffet is what I call it. So my zone of genius is looking at, yes, their funnel. Well, my zone of genius is really looking at their holistic things that are going on in their world. Once I understand where they're unaligned, if wherever fear, enoughness, et cetera, is coming into play, uh, what their business funnels are, doing, et cetera, I then go, okay, who are the best people to go and do this? So I'm not a hypnotherapist. I'm an ex-mental health clinician, but that is not a hypnotherapist. That to me, you do not even go there. So my boundaries are quite tight. So my model is once I figure everything out that those pieces are, what am, what's my zone of genius and what do I keep? So a lot of that comes down to like, the email marketing um, uh, funnels, for example, uh, business uh, product suites, business models, team, organizational structure, et cetera. But then I'm like, hmm, this keeps showing up in your world that you've just talked to me about. Let me link you with the hypnotherapist. We also have a mindset coach that comes on board to do monthly mindset coaching. Uh, They also have access, hey, this sounds like there's some potentially uh, past stuff that's going on for you. Whatever that looks like, we'll connect you to the healer. So I work from a holistic model, but I'm not the one doing all the doing. So my business model will say, well, I touch up on these, but I've got different people that we utilize in order to make sure that their zone of genius shine through and that they can work on those areas that are specific to them. Oh, this is really, really good. Okay. Now I want to talk about these, these tight, these tight boundaries. How did you come to be so aware of your tight boundaries and any tips maybe for someone who has a hard time upholding boundaries? For me, is like, obviously, I grew up in a crazy freaking home. Pretty much my entire family was either, dr- there was addicts everywhere, either drug addicts, do you know what I mean, alcoholics, or um, addicts in regard, like gambling, for, for example. It, there's addiction everywhere. And addicts do not have boundaries. Let me make that very clear. And so I grew up in a home and, you know, family environments where things were skewed. Hence why I started being a social worker, I'm pretty sure, at the beginning. So for me, is I then... And through my social work degree is where they talk so much about boundaries. And one of the number one things that I had to do at around the age 22, 23 was put firm boundaries in place with my mother. And she continued to break those boundaries. And I haven't had a relationship with her in over 20 something years now. So, I mean, I, I'm very firm on boundaries. And like I said, I've had to learn that every boundary that you don't have is you like yourself a little bit less. And it's actually you that's impacted. Is it easy? No, but it's like going to the gym. You just don't get go there and get a six pack. It takes time and you've got to work that muscle. And as you work it more and more, it just becomes natural. You don't even stop and think. So if someone emails me and they want to collaborate and it's not a right fit, I just say, thank you so much for, you know, this great opportunity. However, my schedule's booked out, or I don't think we're going to, it's just not the right fit and being okay with saying no, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means that it's not the right fit. And also I've had to learn that just because it's a no now doesn't mean that it's a no forever. So mm-hmm. boundaries, you know, same thing with clients, like, oh, Ange, um, I can't make this appointment. Can you do it at night? No, you know, when we first signed up that I don't work at night. So this is how it's going to work. So that's how I do boundaries. Ah. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So one more thing I wanted to touch on with you is you said that we know what to do, right? And that basically, if you just close your eyes and ask yourself, you're going to feel something in your body. But I also think that people who have become very accustomed to silencing that intuition and those feelings have a hard time even knowing what they feel. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Um, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I would agree from the point of that also everyone has different types of trauma. And people think trauma is T1, like unfortunately you may have been molested or someone's died or whatever. They think big trauma, right? But it's actually the little trauma that can impact us. Our mom and dad didn't make space for us. They silenced us, whatever. So I do believe there is a direct correlation for some people that the higher the trauma, the quieter the intuition, right? Like, And so I do think that it can be difficult for some people to be able to sit a in that quietness because their life has been chaos and and wherever there is drama there is chaos so I, I do feel for me personally the more drama there is with people the more chaos there is and the more trauma there is and so yes it is harder to hear that intuition but what can you do um, sometimes I'll say to family and friends when they're going through things like ask the other people who are around you what they witness right in you or what needs to happen what where do they see a sparkle in your eyes when you talk about a particular conversation or doing something you love like art and through that a lot of times people are like oh actually and how did you feel when you were telling us about this and they go oh i feel i did feel excited i did feel um, at home i did feel at peace i didn't feel chaos so sometimes I'll say to them, get others to reflect what you're not seeing. And then that it doesn't mean that they're going to full body feel it. But a lot of times they allow themselves to go back to that time and feel that feeling. Um, what else would I say? You know, when the intuition is gone and it's harder for people to start feeling the feels, it's about where can you simply add five minutes of silence into your world? Where can you just sit in peace so that you can start, do you know what I mean, being more in tune with you and your body? But people, guess what? They don't want to do that a lot of times. Mm. They don't want to, do you know what I mean, make the five minutes because if they make the five minutes, it might feel hard. It might feel unsafe, right? Uh, and so sometimes people don't do that. But more often than not, when I start working with my clients and I start asking them the questions, I start asking them to sit in that, they do know what they want. But it might just be that they've got to get someone to get that out of them in order for them to get that confidence back and to get them on those next steps. Mm, such great advice there. I like the part about asking others. And I think at first, some people might think that you're outsourcing your power, but I think what it really actually does though, is like you said, it kind of shines a light and it brings some just awareness to something of your own self that you might not have been aware of. And even if it's not maybe something that you're into, a lot of times when someone points something like that out, you very quickly are like, nope, not excited about this, but I am excited about this, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of like forces that, like forces that response from you. So very good advice. But I, I also it. think people don't, people have a hard time receiving, right? So also receiving the good, receiving the bad. And so I also think about like that practice of self-love is also being able to receive, Oh my receive, gosh, yes. receive the positive input, received didn't mean the good feelings, receiving the good vibes, right? And so when you do do the ask those questions, like what do you see in me? Or when did you see me do this or whatever? Um, being open to receiving that reflection back, right? Um, and hearing those positive things. I know a lot of times <clears throat> when my women feel really lost, I'll say to them, go and email your community. What do they see in you? 
like what do you bring to your space in dietitian what do you bring your space as a doctor whatever whoever it is I'm working with and um they'll be like oh it was really empowering to read that do you know what I mean I'm confident I'm kind I'm strategic I'm whatever but they said it also became overwhelming and they said because I never I've never really sat in that space to be able to look at um and they'll say things like without being conceited how good I really am or how powerful I really am or the impact that I'm really making. And so they've downplayed it too, but the power of asking is so powerful, not just in asking for people to reflect on what's good for you or what's bad for you and being able to receive, but the power of asking also empowers you in so many levels. Like I'll hear a lot of women say like, oh, my husband doesn't do this or my husband doesn't do this. But I'm like, but have you asked him? Have you asked him to help you with the dishes? Have you asked him to help with school pickup and drop off? Have you asked him to go and help with the birthday presents? Or have you discontinued to put the poor me hat on and feel like you have to do everything yourself because people can't read your minds. Mm. Um, so if you don't ask, how can you receive? How can you make change? So again, we've got to be willing to take that step and ask. Um, and from asking so much beautifulness can come from it. Oh my goodness. This is, that's so true. I always say, if you don't ask, you don't get just mm -hmm. as simple as that, right? If mm -hmm. you don't ask, you don't get. Mm -hmm. My goodness. So you have so much wisdom and so many just like amazing pieces of just like intelligence to share. I have to ask, how how did you come to be so wise with all of all of this wisdom to share with the women building wealth in, in the world, there had to have been like a super expander or someone that inspired you and really showed you that all of this was possible for you too. Listen, I have to say, I've been asked this question a few times on different podcasts and I don't, I've never really had a hero. I've never really like, people will be like, and I'm always like, fuck, what's wrong with me? They'll be like, Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, my mom, my dad, my kids. And there is just something in me that was like, you know, I was the black sheep of the family. There was just something in me that I was like, life's, life's better. There's got to be a better way. Like, even when I was like, there's got to be a better way. But the one type of, I guess, situation that if I had to pinpoint, though I'd always thought that as little, but there was one situation when I was about 22, 23, I was a nanny for this family and they were a doctor. Um, Jim was a doctor. Patty was a stay at home mom and they had me as a nanny and they were very much about um, having me there when Jim couldn't be there because he was on shift because they felt that by having another pair of hands and asking for help would allow their kids to still live a beautiful childhood. Um, and obviously they had, they had, they had like it was the most money I'd ever seen because like my parents had filed bankruptcy twice. And I just remember it was, though they had money, they were still such humble people. They gave so much back to community. Their kids were so well-grounded. They sat at the dinner table, electronics were off. Um, there was this presence and connection within their family unit. Um, they would invite random people over for Christmas, you know, like, and so I was able to see, because I was with them for about three years as their nanny, I was able to see how they use wealth in so many positive ways, how they educated their children. Um, so I would say that they influenced, like they read to their kids every night. I never had that. So, you know, when I had my own kids and was reading every night, I was like, why? I was like, oh, Patty and Jim, 
right? Um, uh, seeing that I have wealth. And so, you know, it's funny because I was talking to them a while ago and the gym was like, Ange, you make more money than I do now. And I was like, it's fun. Like, you know, it wasn't a competition or anything. He's like, but, you know, did you imagine that happening? And I was like, no, not really. Like, but as in being on the same status as Jim, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew I would be successful, but and so it's like when Jim said that, I was like, oh, okay, yes. Like, again, we can do this if we choose to. So I'd say if there's anyone that had to, that like, that I remember, it was working with them as a nanny for three years in my twenties and going, oh, okay, this is possible. Do you know what I mean? Like, and your family isn't fucking crazy. Like you can have it, like, don't get me wrong. They still fought and had their things, but there wasn't this chaos and drama all the time, right? And it's like, oh, this is what it's like to be in a home of calm. This is what it's like to be with stillness. This is what it's like to be, do you know, have healthy conversations, have healthy boundaries, right? So I would say that, yeah, it, it was, that was one pivotal thing for me. Oh my goodness. They definitely sound like super expanders for you. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind super expanders really is just someone who modeled something for you. Mm-hmm. And it really comes back to the idea of the mirror neurons that we have in our brain. And when we see mm-hmm. someone else doing something, we're mm-hmm. able to mirror it. And in your case, surpass it, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that journey. So before we kind of tie things all up in a nice little bow, we have to go down and have a little conversation about wealth and your concept of wealth beyond the confines of finances. Yeah. I mean, you tipped on it. Finances. A a lot of people who come to me and I do help women make more money, but they come typically with a singular view of what wealth is. And again, I look at wealth from a holistic wealth. And I know you speak the same language with that. Is that the women I work with are, are, what's the next launch? What's the next transaction? What's the next dollar in? All about revenue and financial wealth. Uh, but so many millionaires are some of the loneliest people in the world. Some of, so many millionaires are also equally high alcoholics and, and addicted to, do you know what I mean, uh, either like pharmaceutical medication or recreational, uh, you know, drugs. And if you're not looking at other wealth buckets like spiritual wealth, uh, mental wealth, physical wealth, relationship wealth, and look at it from another lens, you can be very depleted in the majority of those and life can still suck for the high majority of people. So, you know, an example that I use is last year on Christmas day, I asked my husband for a divorce and my revenue wealth in the last 18 months has gone down by 25%. Now, most business owners would start to freak the hell out. Oh my God you know, what they're saying in the online space is that your trajectory should be going up. You should be going up with wealth, up with wealth. You should be um, scaling, scaling, scaling. And I had to stop and give myself permission that when Dale officially moved out on March um, 14th last year, that I needed space to heal. I needed space for my children and that my revenue wealth was not my primary wealth bucket to focus on. So I worked on my spiritual wealth with my healers and my hypnotherapy team. I worked on my self-wealth and just do mean sitting in silence and meditating and journaling and going to the beach. I mean, I had 125 days off of my business last year uh, and that was either to sleep or to go, you know, on a holiday, whatever that was. Um, but I, my health wealth, for example, I lost 30 pounds. Uh, my mental wealth got stronger. My spiritual wealth got stronger. My relationships with not only myself, but my friends and family grew stronger. So I was actually, though my money in my bank account didn't reflect the wealth that everyone typically thinks, 
the rest of my wealth buckets have been flourishing ever since. And now that they're flourishing and firing, there's no, there will be a direct correlation with that energy transferring through. And I know that there's no doubt that I will double, do you know what I mean, my revenue, right? So I, I've, but again, I've had to learn to be okay with that everything's not driven by money even though in society that that's what we keep getting told that we need. And again, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I do help women make more money because that's what the women think they need. But when you get into my ecosystem and start working with me, I can guarantee you that money starts to become one of the last things we think about as we start to expand and open up these other wealth buckets. Oh, so good. Yes. When, when those other wealth buckets aren't full, you're, I mean, there's a level of bankruptcy certainly happening and it just makes the dollars in the bank feel very, very hollow. <laughs> I am so grateful for you for being here and taking this time out so early in the morning to, to chat with us. So I know everyone listening wants to know exactly how they can find you and how they can get into your world. So what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, I always say head on my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au. And from there, you can learn about like my Bali retreats that I run, my one-on-one -on -one that I do, my VIP days. And other place that, again, I hang out is over on Instagram. My handle over there is Angela Henderson Consulting. So I say go wherever guides you and leads you. And yes, I look forward to connecting with you. Uh, okay, so make sure that you slide down into the show notes and go over and follow Angela. Tell her hello. Tell her where you heard about her and maybe even tell her what your favorite part of this podcast is because I know it is really nice to to hear what really landed for those that that were listening and the ones that that reach out. So make sure you do that. And if you could leave us with just one more juicy nugget of wisdom, what would it be? Again, I'll go back to what I said before, whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. So choose, choose wisely. You guys, you might want to rewind and listen to that one one more time. Thank you so much for being here today, Angela. I appreciate you. Oh, goodness, and, thank you for having me. Yeah. And until the next time, we will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.